Um, it's good to be here tonight. It's good to see my pastor tonight. That was a pleasant surprise, a blessing. Um, we have a we have a quote that goes around this church lately, and it simply says, "It's good to be saved." And I'd like to add to that, it's good to be in the body of Christ for the past 23 years. And um, I just wanted to speak on a particular topic. Um, Most of the time, if I am going to say something, it's because it's personally affected me, something I've experienced, and look through the Word of God. And uh, the topic is how important our thoughts are to our Lord and Savior. And uh, I'd like to touch base on that. And... um, Let's start, let's start with a word of prayer. Father Lord, um, as we continue in prayer, Father, I can't help but to say, Father, give Christian help from above, Lord. Um, help him with this next procedure, Lord, even if you'd touch him, Lord, and it would heal on his own, Father. If it would bring you glory, we ask that it would be done. Thank you for tonight, Lord, that we could gather today, to today uh, tonight, Father, as a family, and just uh, rejoice in your word, rejoice in the hope that's in our Savior, Jesus Christ, Father. And pray that you'd be glorified, Lord. And thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay. Um, <clears throat> all right, I think I'm organized here. Okay. Okay, if we could turn, please, to Genesis 6, 5 through 8. And God saw the wickedness of man was great in earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repented me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And uh, it's amazing. Uh, It says from the beginning that man grieved God and that man's thoughts were evil, but not only evil, but continually evil. I'd like to testify that if it wasn't for Jesus Christ 23 years ago, my thoughts were continually evil. That was my life. That was the old man. Uh, This condition of evil, thoughts grieved the Lord's heart so much that, that it grieved him that he even made man ready to destroy everything, rightfully so. One man made, made a difference, and the Lord had mercy once again. Noah was considered righteous because he believed and he trusted God. This reminded me that one man can make a difference, that when we feel like we're getting beat up, our walk sometimes seems of no avail. Praying sometimes seems impossible. We have people praying for loved ones for many, many years. But praise the Lord, the Lord is faithful and good, and he proved us wrong. When I thought my mother and father couldn't get saved at one time. Doing what's right instead of the easy way out. Maybe a couple of people on earth here still doing what's right in the eyes of the Lord. That's why we're still here together right now. Why he didn't wipe this planet out already, I'm convinced of that. Because maybe there's some faithful people left. But one person could definitely make a difference. And I'm thankful for that. 
One person invited me to church over 30 years ago, and I got saved through that invitation. How about that? One person made a difference in my life. <clears throat> How many different ways can thoughts be used for evil? And the truth be told, it's never-ending. If we could turn to uh, Proverbs 15, please. Proverbs 15, 25, and 26. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, and he will establish the border of the widow. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant words. Right off the bat, the proud, the pride, we know where that comes from. We know who that is. That's man's destruction right there. The thoughts of the wicked be an abomination to the Lord. Abomination meaning a thing that disgusts God, makes him sick. But God gives us hope. The words of God are pure. He's a pure and holy Savior. He always gives us a way out. And this is the only cleansing power, those pure words of God, right in here. That is the cleansing power in every one of our lives. That is it. We have nothing else. Jesus is the Word. He is the pure and holy, and if you know him, he will help you. He will help you through anything, and especially those thoughts that may arise. As we go on. I wish Ray was here. Brother Ray Zilstra sent out a fact that Jesus was tempted and attacked when he was weak and hungered. Satan does the same thing with us. It made in that statement that he sent to the men the other day. He hits during a crisis, the devil, or during a spiritual struggle and suggests, if you were a child of God, this wouldn't happen. Has that ever happened? Anybody ever thought of that? And uh, if you were actually a Christian, God could help you right now, right? How many times have we been tempted in those thoughts. And the fact is that the devil's a complete liar. That's not of the Lord. And uh, it's of the enemy simply because he wants to destroy our faith and our Savior. He wants to break that relationship, that faith that we have. He'll do anything to break that trust that we have in Jesus Christ. If we could go to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 3, 18 through 20. All right, I'm going to read, let me see. 18 goes on to say, Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seem it to be wise in this world... Let him become a fool that he may be wise. And I just want to say, praise the Lord, the day the world looked at me as a fool when I finally became wise only because of the Savior, only because of Him. For the wisdom, 19, of this world is foolishness of God. For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. 
Worldly wisdom makes God sick. Man worshiping man, worshiping themselves, and no thankfulness or glory to God. Number 20. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are in vain. And this says it all. At the end of the day, our thoughts outside of the Lord are actually in vain, complete vain, burnt up and counted as loss. Just coming off a beautiful vacation, you talk about thoughts. I love vacation and, you know, not more than my Savior, but I love it. But one thing I don't like about it, that when I'm getting ready to leave there, and I see a house, I see a boat, I see water, and all of a sudden these thoughts are, I want that. I would be beautiful to have that. And then the Lord has a way of just humbling you and saying, are you grateful for what I've done for you? Are you grateful for the roof I put over your head? Are you, I have you right where I want you. And then you can wake up out of the slumber and say, you know what, Lord? <laughs> You're so good. Thank you. But the thoughts, they're tricky. They're tricky. We could go, please, to Psalm 10, 3 and 4. For the wicked boasted of his heart's desire, and blessed the covetous, whom the Lord abhorreth. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in his thoughts. Amen, amen. And that's the truth. Serious words in verse 3. First word, I mean, we might know it, but I wanted to be refreshed when I was looking through this. Boasting. Antichrist, all about self and no glory to God, covetousness, greedy, desirous, possessive, envious, abhorreth, to express hatred, dislike, and to despise. And verse 4 goes on to say, he looks at himself and everything through his pride, and there's no room for God in his thoughts, no room whatsoever. And and it's very sad to say that... um, You know, we've seen believers fall off to the side and and live that way and think that way. And it's very, very sad. And and that's that's the way of this world right now that we're living in. This busy life um, is not a blessing to me. When it could get so busy and you have to be here, there, and you're all over the place, and all of a sudden you turn around and you have no room for God. It's like you you drifted away, and now all of a sudden he's not in your thoughts, just the confusion's in your thoughts, what you got to accomplish, what you have to do. And uh, when I'm captured by this fast-paced life and every event, I don't like it. I don't like it when when the Lord feels like he's grown far from me. And uh, praise the Lord that uh, he's merciful enough, he calls us back, and we could get that relationship back and get in the prayer closet and... uh, have that intimate time with him. If we could go please to Psalm 139. 
23 and 24, please. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And if there be any wicked way in me, lead me in the way of everlasting. Amen, amen. From the heart produces the thoughts, what we have built up in here. I like that part, search me, O God. It's a great thing because I need to examine myself on a daily basis. I always need to examine myself. I want to make sure that what goes on in here is okay with my Savior. When we hold, when we hold wickedness in our heart, that's what produces the corrupt thoughts. That's why it's so dangerous falling away from the Lord. There's also a sincerity in this chapter because David's asking the Lord to search him. I like that. Being honest with God and clean out those thoughts. And again, I need that every day. The only way my thoughts and my life changed was getting honest with God. And, and that is the only way. You can't go in half-hearted. You've got to give him it all. And then he's right there to bind you up. He's such a good Savior. Such a good Savior. If we could turn, please, to Luke 24, 36-38. This really caught a hold of me, uh, this particular passage, because um, it reminded me of myself. Um, you know, whenever we get a bad news, bad report, or something happens, a lot of the time we can't help it. Our nature is to panic, to go into panic mode, you know, and uh, I'm guilty of that a lot. And um, that's something I, you know, I, I work with my Savior to ask Him to help me with that because. You know, as a believer, we, we don't want to live in fear. We don't want to live frightened all the time. And the 36, something jumped out at me, 36 to 38. I'll go through it right now. Uh, talking about the apostles, if you look in uh, 33, it says the 11 gathered. So I'm going down to 36, the resurrection of Jesus here, Jesus Christ. And, thus, and, and as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them. And said unto them, Peace be unto you. 37. But they were terrified and affrighted, and supposed that they have seen a spirit. He said unto them, Why are you troubled? And why do you thoughts arise in your heart? And like I said, immediately it spoke to me because most of the time it's for our own lack of faith that we have that word terrified in our heart in our life. Fear and confusion... And then uh, 39 through 43, the Lord proves who he is to them. Even, uh, even in uh, 43, he did, took it and ate it. A honeycomb and a piece of fish proved who he was. Then in uh, verse 44 through 49, he reminded them of the scriptures and his promises carried out. And even 47, it says, The repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem. But then something changes. Something changes drastically. In 50 to 53, 
Uh, well, I'm going to do 52 and 53. Well, 51. And it came to pass while he blessed them, and he was parted from them and carried into heaven. They worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great, great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. And uh, I thought about it, and the Lord reminded me of this. How many times has that storm go through? How many times has it went through our life through that fear and the terror, and the Lord always delivered you? He's always delivered me. He's never, ever, ever broken a promise. But those thoughts, I condemn myself already. I says, it's impossible. Already, and he's so good. He's so good. He always proves us wrong. He's so mighty and so merciful and so good. When a trial is so terrifying, seems impossible, during or at the end of the trial, there's complete victory and peace. It could only come from him. And and I could say that I tasted and seen that the Lord is good. He's delivered me so many times that I can't count. I mean, I'm sure everybody here could testify to the same thing. Um, from terror, then to praising, blessing God with great joy. Amen. It's a beautiful thing. The moral of the story in the believer's life is to keep our eyes on the Lord continually. Amen. And fearful and doubtful thoughts will be not so quick to arise. If we become fearful, confused, weary, little of faith, and we, then we need to get into the prayer closet Check our walk, examine, examine our hearts, examine my heart, me first, the sinner I am, starting with me. And uh, how many times did that mountain seem impossible and the Lord made it a little molehill? And as my pastor Dean used to say all the time, you know, he's never harmed me once. Never harmed me once. You mind if I just grab a quick drink? Thanks. Hello, Michaela. So in uh, Philippians 4, if we could turn there, Philippians 4, 8, please. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Uh, 23 years ago, um, this verse is very special to me because 23 years ago, I wasn't supposed to be here. I wasn't supposed to live past the time that I was in at that time because of my lifestyle, because of everything that was built up against me. And I'm not going to mention the things, but uh, God knows and people that are close to me knew what they were. And if you were to look from the outside in, there was absolutely no hope, no way I was going to get out of it. And somebody introduced this verse to me, and I, I came to realize that there has to be something that could be hopeful that I could look at. And all of a sudden I started thinking, I says, wait a minute, think on these things. I I got salvation. I have a God that loves me. And, uh, you know, this this verse really spoke to me. And if you're going through a trial as a believer and your thoughts are in torment, sin, doubtful, um, 
Maybe you're out of hope. Don't be deceived. In Jesus Christ, you can surely trust and think of those things of good report from the Lord and Savior, from a God that cannot lie and is altogether lovely and perfect. And if everything else fails, you're destined for eternal life if you're a believer. You win either way. My wife and I, when we got married in uh, 2006, I I just ready to say 2016, Um, my wife, uh, you know, we got together, we got married, praise the Lord, and uh, there was a little problem. Uh, She had an immigration issue. So, you know, everybody thinks you get married, it's no problem, this and that, but quite the opposite. My wife and I Wanted to make things right with her status here, so um, we got we attained a, a lawyer. We went to court, and they asked my wife a simple question in the courthouse, and she could have lied, and probably would have been taken care of that day, and she would have walked out of that room fine. But she decided to tell the, tell the truth. Yeah. Uh, this lady that represented the state despised her for the truth and decided to rail against my wife. And every court appearance went terrible. It was like every time we went, it was bad news, bad news. And I believe it went on for three years. So about three years, three years on and off, traveling to Manhattan, shot down again, traveling to Manhattan, and getting extorted from attorneys, thousands of dollars, every time it was getting hit up with money every time we went. And finally, the attorney told her, it's not looking good. So... Her and I, we, we, had, we just started a family, had children, and uh, it was scary at that time. And uh, my wife came to the conclusion through the scary thoughts of what might happen or what could happen. She came to the conclusion that her citizenship's in heaven. And uh, she told the, told the attorney um, everything's going to be okay. And he said, just live peaceable, stay out of trouble. And I told my wife, her and I got together that day, and we were okay that day. We prayed to the Lord, and everything was released. We were out of bondage that day, out of complete bondage. And uh, the enemy didn't have any power over us after that. Just to happen that a week later, she gets a phone call, and an attorney tells her, your green card's ready for you. (laughs) True story. Man, unbelievable. The Lord was so good, but... um, it wasn't easy though those years because we, we wanted everything right. But uh, when we gave it to the Lord, he, the, the attorney was speechless. Then. How is she getting the screen card? <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, if we could please, uh, Jeremiah 29 11. For I know the thoughts I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, and to give you an expected end. And this, we could take comfort knowing that this is a promise that in fact God has a plan for our lives, and regardless of our current situation, He can work through it to prosper us and give us hope. Also, the thoughts of the Savior 
are pure thoughts. As we battle the enemy and corruption, our Savior is the anchor, and he is without spot, without blemish, and his thoughts towards me, towards us, is pure and holy, incorruptible. That gives me comfort that my Savior has pure and perfect thoughts, thoughts of love, thoughts of victory in a believer's life, thoughts of peace and joy, thoughts not to harm you, thoughts of a future, thoughts towards every loved one, every family member in your life, saved and unsaved, thoughts towards them, thoughts of salvation to the unsaved, like I just said, and this is so worthy to rejoice that that we have the perfect thoughts of a perfect Savior. Isaiah 26.3 Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. Peace cannot be bought. All the money in the world cannot give you peace. It's a fact. Not the peace of God. I need my mind fixed on Him. To have that peace, my heart's got to be fixed on Him. He is the perfect peace, the Savior. And there is no other. And um, I'm thankful for that. And um, I rejoice in that every day because without Him... We have nothing. We're truly, truly bankrupt. Through a trial, through anything that you're going through, without his peace, we cannot make it that he gives us. Isaiah 55, please. 8 through 9. Isaiah 55, 8 through For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Thank you, Lord, that your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. <laughs> Thank you. It start off just saying that. But uh, come to, I've come to a point in my life where I want to think more like my God. I want to just uh, be more like my Savior and uh, just glorify my Savior in my heart, you know. By His thoughts being higher than my thoughts, it gives me hope because He does live inside of me. And I I just pray every day that uh, the Lord would reveal to me more and more how to lean on Him and not my own understanding. Everybody in here is afflicted going through something, whether you have a loved one or unsaved loved one or, or children and, and there's so many different things going on, the loss of loved ones and uh, just thankful that he's higher than me, our Savior. Thankful for that. If we could turn please to Proverbs 16.3. <clears throat>
Okay, let me get there. Sorry, I'm taking a minute. Uh, here we go. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. I'll go one more. The Lord had made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the, evil, for the day of evil. Um, commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. I was reading, and uh, I enjoy reading uh, some of Charles Spurgeon's devotionals, and one of the titles was, Let Us Not Sleep. Christians who isolate themselves and walk alone are very liable to grow drowsy. Truth, right? Body of Christ, amen. Important here, what we have here. Keep Christian company and you'll be kept wakeful by it and refreshed and encouraged to make quicker progress on the road to heaven. Let your eyes be constantly looking to him Let your heart be full of him. Let your lips speak of his worth. Amen. Amen. Live near the cross and you will not sleep. If you think that hell is behind you and the devil is pursuing you, you will not loiter. You will not sit around and do nothing. If If we don't loiter, then you will be prepared. 1 Peter 3.15 always tells us, right? Always be ready to give an answer. Our idle mind, not doing anything for the Lord, not doing anything with what He's given us, is in fact the devil's playground. That's why it's so important to stay close to the Lord. I've been told that... uh, Stay in this book. That's all I've been told for 23 years. Stay in the book. Stay in the book. Um, I tell many young people, I see uh, young people on fire for the Lord, and then the next thing you know, they're all better. They're not in church anymore. To me, that, that destroys me inside. It's, it's just the first nail in the coffin, you know, and uh, always, well, that's a whole other story. I was gonna, just going to go. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it's dangerous and... Uh, you know, if uh, these doors were open for somebody who needed help and they came into the church house and they came to the inn and they were bandaged up and cleaned up with their wounds and healed and then they're okay and they walk out, I have a problem with that. I don't despise somebody for it. I'll be the first one to hug somebody coming through the door, but uh, it just it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Um, get close to the Savior. Keep in touch with the body of Christ. What we're doing right here, right now. I can't say that enough. Make it to church. There was a great, great price paid for us to meet together right. in his name. It, w- it wasn't for nothing. If you have ailments and you can't make it, and, and uh, you can't make it here, pray. You know, pray from where you are. You, and uh, that's a blessing. You, you know, pray and you're in the ministry and use this technology Watch church if you can't make it. Keep in touch with everything going on. It'll be a great help. Stay close to your Lord and Savior, and He will channel your thoughts. The only way we can get our thoughts channeled and to think pleasing in His eyes, to think godly in His eyes, is to be channeled through Him. I know men, many men, who didn't have victory over things they shouldn't be looking at, and they have victory today. Because the Lord changed their eyes. Because they changed the way they think. They changed the way they looked. Sowed something different in their heart. 
So uh, there is no other way, and uh, when those thoughts come, remember, our Savior loves us, no matter what those thoughts might be. If it's picking up the old man, if it's confusion, if it's fear, could be multiple, multiple things the enemy uses against us, that the Lord is above all of that, and he's here to help us, way above medication or anything else. And uh, that's what I got. Thank you for letting me speak this, Pastor. I don't know how long it was. Hopefully it was enough time, but... uh, gone to about midway through this message was uh, Psalm 10. It says, the wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. It's like, it's, it's our pride that keeps us from allowing God to be in all of our thoughts. If we would humble ourselves tonight and say, Lord, I don't think right I don't have you in all my thoughts. You know what? He could get involved in all those thoughts and start to fix all those thoughts. But it's, it's really our pride that we think, well, I'm okay. It's just, you know, I'm not doing too bad. I'm, I got this. It's the pride of our countenance. It's we want to put on a show that we don't realize that we need God in all our thoughts. How to be a husband, how to be a wife, how to be a friend, how to be a worker, how to be a mommy, how to be a daddy, how to be a Christian, how to be a citizen. Like God's got to get in all those thoughts because our thoughts are only evil continually. And so it's a good reminder to, to humble ourselves tonight and say, Lord, and I'm, I'm preaching myself here, Lord, I need you in all my thoughts. I need to humble myself and say, Lord, be in all my thoughts, the ones about health conditions, the ones about family troubles, the ones about <clears throat> government nonsense, the ones about, you know, friend nonsense, all the things that run through your mind that occupy your thoughts. That's not just the religious ones. We want to remand God to this little box called religion. And he's like, the heaven and the heavens don't contain me. How much less this house which ye have built. You know, like, Lord wants to be in all your thoughts. And if you let the Lord in all your thoughts, if you humble yourself tonight and say, Lord, get involved in this. Get involved in this sore spot in my life, this trouble spot in my life. The Lord will, like those living waters that come out from underneath that throne in the millennium, he'll let those waters rush in and bring life where there was only death. So, brother... Thank you for yielding to the Holy Spirit and, and speaking those words uh, of truth. And I pray tonight you would maybe, starting with myself, take hold on some of those things and don't let your thoughts run away on you. Let's let God get in on those thoughts and help them to heal our mind. Uh, let's have a word of prayer.